What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 19, seems like number 19 of the day, for the No Mercy podcast. This is the third of our three-pack that we're banging out. First episode was episode 17 with me and MLB Model talking about week eight. Then we did episode 18 with me, Mad Lab, and the bod. We talked Ben Askren, his UFC debut, clowned around, talk about things Mad Lab hates on Halloween. And then this is the granddaddy of them all with me and Jeff Manns, at Jeff underscore Manns, where we talk about Week 8 DFS, the moment you've all been waiting for. Broke it down position by position, high-level overview of ownership, things of that sort. Talked a little bit, looked back on Week 7, did some fuck, marry, kills. We had some Republican fuck, marry, kills, some Democrat fuck, marry, kills. Got a little weird. Didn't go an hour and a half, so we're proud of that, but didn't keep it under an hour either. Hope you guys enjoy. This will be valid all weekend. Crushing DFS. Get over to guruelite.com. G-U-R-U-E-L-I-T-E.com. Sign up for our DFS package. We also have gambling packages. We have every single sport out there. We just crush the fucking world. Guruelite.com. Hit the join here button. Pick your package. Start winning. Start cashing, motherfuckers. Without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 19, I believe. I don't know. It was the third one today, so I'm losing track of the numbers. <laughs> But 19 of the No Mercy podcast. Poor, poor Jeff Manns. If you listen to episodes 17 and 18 or saw my Instagram or Twitter this morning, Uh-oh. you saw that I basically volunteered Jeff Manns to do the podcast today <laughs> without consulting him because it was 6 a.m. Arizona time. Yep. And I stood him up on Wednesday when I was in a coma. <laughs> so he has willingly come on for a nice little 45 to 55 minute podcast. Uh, Jeffrey. Thank you for making time, my friend. I usually like to make fun of you to start, but uh, I owe you one, brother. Oh, always uh, happy to come on, obviously. But th- th- your definition of willing and mine are completely different, evidently. Like th- th- <laughs> now, it, it explains your sex life so much better now. Like now, I get it a lot better. Like, oh, she was totally willing. It's totally like unconscious and just dragged into it. Means, yeah, totally willing. It's totally fine. great. Great environment to make those type of jokes in the middle yeah, of the Kavanaugh Me right? Too movement. Yeah. Yeah. Considering every single millennial girl, when they wake up the next morning, no matter who they hung out with, me or anyone else, was like, I think I got roofied. Oh, really? It wasn't the 19 tequila shots that you did when you were dancing on the bar? But uh, yes, yeah, so uh, now I am Tommy Cavanaugh. Thanks a lot. Thanks. So, uh, you're, you're welcome. Don't, so don't let's apply get to, to be a fucking senator or anything like that. No, trust me. I, I got way bigger problems than that. I think that me that. and you discussing sticking ecstasy up our ass. Yeah. Would have disqualified that right out the gate. So we're going to try and do that. We're not going to try. We're going to succeed. We're going to do the first ever Jeff and Tommy pod in under an hour. Part of the reason <laughs> we're going to do it. Part of the okay. reason that is because reasonable. we have a live stream on GuruElite.com <laughs> for our paid subscribers <laughs> in an hour and eight minutes. Yes. So I intentionally put this right up against the wall so we have no choice yeah. but to All test right. out our first 50-minute podcast. So uh, first, let's talk about week seven in DFS, the prior week. And um, I had a bloodbath. Jeffrey Manns, uh, I'll let you start, but uh, it was not good to me. It was good to me. I had a real good week. Um, Rub it in, know, fucker. I, I, it just, it all fell into place. It's weird. It's one of those things where 
couple things did not go right. Uh, Willie Sneed was my guarantee on the podcast last week. Did not happen. That's two out of three weeks I've missed on that. Uh, but the previous five weeks had been golden. And then also Jermaine Curse, who I used in cash games, got me a big fat zero. Oh, and the Bills got me negative points. But all that being said, you know, the the Nick Chubb chalk, a lot of people think we're bad chalk. I'll fight to the death that that was good chalk in my opinion. And Todd Gurley, it, it got me well over the cash line. Had a you know my one lineup for the week got was in the top twenty percent across the board. So I had a pretty good week. I didn't cash any GPPs big. I minimal cashed a couple, but um, one cash games across the board, Tommy. So for me, that's that's in the win column. Yeah, for me, it was in the loss column. Drastically <laughs> big, huge loss column. I decided to go venture into the worst tournament on the board. Oh. which was the $3,000 millionaire, millionaire oh, maker. Jesus, I didn't know you went there. Yeah, oh. I went there with three entries, too. So, oh. uh, so yeah, so that was fun. Good oh, week shit. to put fucking $9,000 into the lowest EV tournament on the board with the highest rake and the fucking least people getting paid after Fuck I just lectured wrong. everyone not to do it. Right. But, but uh, yeah, so my big fate of the week was Chubb. We argued this at Guru Elite. Uh, believe it or not, I actually predicted his exact line, almost, like within, oh. like, a decimal point. I said he's going to get 14 carries for 70, 75 yards, and he probably will get in the box, right? So which comes to about 14 points. So mm-hmm. if you played him, that was good, right? You got your 4X, which you want for your cash games. If you faded him in tournaments, that was fine. You know, a 14-point Nick Chubb game isn't going to kill you. The problem, Jeff, was that I pivoted over to Duke Johnson, who uh. got like fucking, I think, five touches, in the whole entire game. So so that kind of sucked. A um, couple things that really killed me, Jeff. I had Sonny Michelle, Albert Wilson, oh, the- and Peyton Barber in my best lineup. Uh, Sonny Michelle and Wilson both got hurt, uh, both balling out of control in the first quarter, too, before they got hurt. Yeah. And Peyton Barber, man, that holding call that called back a touchdown for him was a fucking nightmare for me because that was that was the pivot point between him and Chubb. I had Taylor Gabriel tackled on a 70-yard bomb. Um, just just a fucking mess. I told everyone to fade, carry on, and he broke off a 70-yard touchdown run <laughs> or 70-yard right. run to start the game. So, yeah, so it didn't go well for me. Uh, took some bold stands. Um, yeah. Thielen, who was great for me, uh, leaves the field and his replacement scores a touchdown on the next play. <laughs> so, Which is always good. Yeah, that was fun. So, uh, so it was one of those where if you didn't watch the games – you know, you always do the things you missed, things you didn't see. Uh, anyone who had my team, which was our sub base, was going, oh, my God, come on. How many times could we get fucked here? But uh, we read it off. We move on. Yeah, on to we- we- Let me talk real quick we- about the Nick Chubb thing because I know this was a, a huge bone of contention, and it confused some people in chat rooms too. Like, you cannot fade Nick Chubb in cash games at 90% owned when he's minimum price. You just – can't do it. Take the freeze square and move on with your life. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people wanted to get cute with it. Now, I get it in tournaments. In tournaments, yeah, actually, I mean, fade a 90% owned guy is your clearest path to the top. No question about it. All it takes is one Sony Michelle injury or something like that to happen. So it makes a lot of sense. In cash games, no, you, you have a minimum price. Feature running back. That the system is what it is. He's going to get a line share of carries. And whatever happens, and he's 90% owned, 80% at the least. You have to play that. You right. have to. In cash, yes. Yes, 100%. You have to do that in cash games. It just doesn't – you're out. Because if he were to go off – what if he got the second touch? He almost got a second touch. I know. If he would have got that, I mean, 
you're just behind so much at a yep. minimum price. And it's not like the rest of everybody else's who used them lineup is now all low price guys. No, they all have studs because they paid down. It's just not a good look. In GPP, it's completely different because you want your clearest path. So that's why I argued with people on this point, and I just I, they I, tried to pit me and you against each other on this too course, because we were both arguing the same side. I mean, you could check my article. My article said basically what we're fading here realistically is probably 14 carries for 70 yards, and he probably gets in the box. That's you know I don't think he was going to get many receptions. Nothing. I was like we're probably fading 12 to 14 points. That's fine, but. Maybe he only gets eight carries, maybe. But I didn't see him possibly going for 21, 22, 25, which in GPPs, that's where you get fucked, right? You fade a 3,700 guy who scores 24, you're in some trouble. You fade a 3,700 guy who scores 14, you could you still overcome that, you know, very easily. Um, Peyton Barber got a touchdown called back and then got injured three times in the game. And one of those times, he stepped off the field and Ronald Jones ran in the touchdown. So... You know, one or two things breaks the other way. Uh, it could have been a different debate. But, yes, in cash, you have to play that. I don't play cash. You play almost exclusively cash. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be on opposite sides. If we both projected him for 14 points, which it seems like that was probably around your projection, projection too, right? 14, 15 points? Uh, that, yes, right. Yeah, right in that vicinity. Right. So at 80% owned, that makes him a fantastic cash game play and a fantastic tournament fade. He literally, that's the number that basically puts him on both because you never know what could happen. So uh, we had a little uh, Sneed Jermaine Curse debate, Mr. Mans. Yes, we did. And I fucking destroyed you on this motherfucking thing. <laughs> Killed you on this fucking You didn't debate. kill me on it. He scored <laughs> six and a half points. Did he? Oh, I thought it was like three yeah, No, it's the three for 23. No, it literally was. No, nobody... In reality, you nobody did wins. kill me though because Curse scored zero. <laughs> I know nobody can win. No way. I was gonna say the same thing. I was wondering if you were gonna bring it up because we had that debate. I, I'll bring up my losses. And it was the most garbage fucking <laughs> argument. I wish we could erase it from our history forever because it was terrible. And I used both in cash, by the way. And mm-hmm. so I was fucking praying. I'm like, oh, I don't care at this point. Let Curse do anything. I don't give a fuck. And no, it didn't. Did not work out. Let me ask you a question here. Curse, uh, two targets, zero catches, zero yards. How? Uh, the, I mean, the, the Jets' offense, you know, Sam Darnold was completely inept in the cold weather with the wind. USC guy coming from beautiful Cali. They said it's the coldest game he'd ever played in. Meanwhile, I was wearing, like, I wasn't even wearing a sweatshirt to the bar. I wore, like, one of those thermals with a T-shirt over it. Like, it wasn't that cold or that crazy. It wasn't that bad. No, it was 45 degrees. Relax. Good like, I could still wear days. fucking shorts in that weather. 15-mile-an-hour uh, winds ain't shit. Stop. It right. It got nonsense. up to 20. But, oh, dude, the problem it. with it was, Jeff, pussy. when they had the wind to their back, yeah. they still couldn't do anything. Cousins right. was throwing bombs to Thielen. Wasn't it wasn't the wind. It wasn't going side to side. Exactly. <laughs> right. That was Darnold. Exactly. It, was, it no. was a mess. I don't know. I mean, literally, I don't know if you could possibly play. What do you, you get, like, 60 snaps? I don't know how it's possible. To go, I don't 60 either. snaps with every other wide receiver going down, only record two. The mathematical impossibility for Jermaine Curse. So, you know he's going off this week, right? Sam Donald threw 42 times. Yeah. <laughs> You're the number one receiver on the team. Anunua's out. Robbie Anderson goes down. You have nothing else outside of him. Terrell Pryor got cut. And, like, and you 42 attempts from your quarterback, and you don't catch a ball. Like, it's. 
It was just one of those fucking crazy things that, of course, happens the day I put him on all three of my Millimaker lineups. So, so yeah, that was frustrating. Uh, do we do we trust it now? Let's start there. Yes. I mean, oh I'd god, yeah, go right back to Jermaine yeah. first. There's nobody here. They signed Richard Matthews, and he's gonna play. <laughs> like he signed two days ago, and he's like, get the fuck in there. I don't know. just run, run around and say, hey, me, me, <laughs> like, do something. So, yeah, they need it. And so Jermaine Curse, you know he's going to do something this week. And he's minimal price again. Fucking he's going to be low-owned. Yeah, ex- exactly. I love going back to good plays that didn't work out the week before. I love it because you prey on everybody's emotion. Yep. Let them be emotional. Let them do that. We prefer to look at this as more of a science and say, all right, we're going to a good, good spot last week. Guess what? Good spot this week. Fuck it. We're going. Yep. So let's do a little bit of a chalk report for week eight. Uh, we're going to go way more in depth, one on our show in an hour on the site, which is two hours long and fucking going crazy on it. But then our articles, too, at GuruElite.com. Jeff will have his out. Uh, yours usually drops when tonight at like fucking five in the morning in the weirdest times ever because you're a night owl. And uh, yes. mine will drop tomorrow at like 5 p.m. because I'll be fucking out drinking tonight at five in the morning like a night owl. But uh, it's a little bit of a chalk report for this week. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot of Mahomes. Right in that game, as usual, 7K for Mahomes is a discount no matter who he's playing, really. Uh, he's probably going to be chalky. I think we're going to see some Jared Goff, who's going to be pretty chalky up there at 6K. Uh, and then we might see some Ben chalk. But, you know, quarterback position isn't anything we get too crazy on. That's kind of where I see with the chalk report for this coming week. I think if you're anywhere outside of Mahomes, Goff, Roethlisberger, and Rodgers, you're probably going to be in single digits. Yeah, um, and I like a lot of guys down there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I love some, you know, not low end guys, good talent that's sort of priced in the mid tier. Nothing wrong with like Rogers golf. That game could be a shootout. So I don't mind either side of that one. Roethlisberger against the, the Browns is solid. Uh, Cam, who came through in spades. And I don't know why DraftKings won't raise his price. They just refuse. They're to racist. They, something like 5,800. Come on. Are you kidding me right now? Like Cam behind Andy Dalton after last week? What? I, don't, I, I, some of this I like pricing. Andy Dalton. Don't get me wrong this week, but come on. That's just a pricing error. I don't, I mean, there's just tons of them. I mean, if you look at the quarterback position, Cam Newton is the fifth highest quarterback, fifth highest scoring quarterback on DraftKings, and he's under 6K. Like, I don't know why. Mahomes should be eight. The rest yeah. of these guys should be around 68 to 75, and Cam should be right in that 6,700 range. So. Yeah, I mean, you, you just know what you're getting every week out of Cam Newton. We've been saying this for years. I'm the biggest Cam Newton hater in America. Yep. But the bottom line is just look at his fucking game logs. You don't even have to really worry too much about the defense because he's going to run, you know, eight, nine times for 50 yards, and he's all about Cam. <laughs> so he's going to try and score as often as he can. Why do you think Mc- everyone's like McCaffrey should regress to them? No. There's no mathematics behind it's it's not an anomaly why McCaffrey's not scoring because me and Jeff told you before yeah. the fucking year that McCaffrey's not going to score touchdowns because Cam's going to steal them all. Yeah, he could make some big runs, but the goal line Cam needs it because he wants to hand the football and do the Superman. That's what he yep. wants to do. Exactly, and everyone's like, "Well, you know, if you look at his touches, you know, right. Christian McCaffrey has like 120 attempts and only one touchdown. So mathematic, no, no, throw the How's numbers that out for Julio Jones right now." Right, throw the numbers out. I bet that Julio Jones under touch under a half a touchdown prop this week. Finally, I had the balls to pull the trigger on it, and that worked out. So, uh, so the, the chalk's going to be a quarterback. Obviously, we got uh, Kurt's boy, the Bods boy, Trubisky, 
who's just fucking tearing up the world from a fantasy perspective. Guys running for like 70 yards and throwing for 300 every game. But uh, let's move over to running back here. Talk a little bit about the chalk at running back. It's one guy. It's which guy do you think it is, Jeff? Well, it's Todd Gurley. Of yeah. course. Like, why is he still? Come on. I, well, no, but on Fanduel, he's 11K, Tom. So I know. Yeah, They're so. doing things right, actually, which is uh, crazy. It's stunning. 9,800 only on, on DK why? where it's like, all right, so it's just under a fifth of the price. You know, it's – man, the thing with Todd Gurley, and I, I'm curious to get your take because I've gotten a big argument with people, and it, it sort of was the same thing with Nick Chubb. As I said, I, it made, to me, it made more sense last week. And I almost did. If Nick Chubb wouldn't have become available, I was fading Todd Gurley last week. I'll tell everybody that. I got lucky that that didn't happen and I could afford it. This week, with the price continuing to go up to 11 k and I know on DK it's different. So, right. But I am very, very, I'm going to fade Gurley. I'll just say it. I'm just going to, I'm going to fade him. I understand there's not, I mean, there's nothing negative you could ever say. The only thing is price. And other guys. I think there are a shit ton of running backs this week, Tommy. I like mm-hmm. a lot yes. of guys. Yes. It makes me a little bit worried that I'm going to get the right ones or the wrong ones. But there's there's so much here that I think a fade of Gurley, especially if he's over 50% in tournaments, something like that. People feel like they can't win without Gurley. And it's almost at the point now you can't win with him. Because building a team around him is very difficult. And then having so much ownership, how do, your lineup... I was telling our chat room over at GuruLeet.com the other on Sunday. I'm sitting in there watching games with them, and they're like, "Yeah, Scurley scored. Fucking yeah, I'm gonna win money." Go, no, you're not. It doesn't do anything for you. He's 90 percent owned. Him, he could he could get minus 100 or plus 100. It doesn't move the needle for you. You're not winning money because of Gurley. Everybody else did too. It it's you're just it's a free square, and the other guys are where you win or lose. Gurley's just Gurley, and he's gonna be high owned. So. This week, I think there's enough at the top and even mid and value. There's enough running backs that I'm, I'm going to be fading Gurley, Tommy. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I see. My problem with it two weeks ago was, you know, I was, ex- I was excited because he was 10K when we had a lot of other options, right? That was the week he scored 40. But you know what? If you're going to pay 10K for him like I did that week, you deserve that fucking 40 burger, right? At 9,800 last week, this is where a DFS person needs to be working at the company and say, hey, guys. Not only have we dropped the price of a guy who we raised to 10K who went 4X on that number last week, who's in just as good a matchup, but Saquon Barkley, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, and Melvin Gordon aren't on this slate, guys. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the gigantic factor from last week, that if you did fade Gurley, you were going down to, like, Christian McCaffrey. There was no buffer in the middle who could throw up 35 to offset him at two grand less. So this week, we have Todd Gurley at 98, underpriced, ridiculously priced. Um, but we also got Barkley in a great spot at 88. James Conner in a great spot at 75. Kareem Hunt in a good spot at 71. So we have other op. David Johnson with a new coordinator yes. at 67. We have a lot of other things now where you could legitimately say, all right, you know what? I mean, Joe Mixon versus Tampa Bay is viable at 73. There's other places to pivot, Jeff, at $2,500 less, where if Gurley throws up 35 and I get 27, I'm still very live in these tournaments because I didn't have to 3K punt anywhere where other people did. So this week, I don't hate it as much, but I think it's more fadeable this week than it's been for the last week, for sure. I agree. Now, and it's a tale of two sites because – 
on DraftKings at 9,800, you're only getting a $1,000 difference from Bar- to Barkley. And I love mm-hmm. Saquon to death this week. Love right, everything right. about Everyone it. Everyone right. $1,000 difference. Okay, it's, you know, good. But on FanDuel, it's $2,100. Right. It's, I mean, come on. $2,100? You can do a lot with that. Dude, you can do so much with that money. So I'm Just, fading them for sure on FanDuel. On DraftKings, it's a lot closer. Um, I'm still very into the idea of doing it. In cash, can I do it? It's going to be a tougher pillow swallow over on DK, yep. though. Yeah, Fantasy Draft has Todd Gurley at 18500 mm-hmm. And then if you look at uh, Saquon, he's at 16000 so 2500 less. If you right. divide those prices in half, you'd be looking at about a $9,800 Gurley and an $8,000 Saquon compared to $8,800 Saquon on DK. So at least they made a big gap on Fantasy Draft over there too. A site which a lot of people probably haven't been playing on and don't get as much exposure, but a great site. Um, They have a little promo that they're doing for us, which we just spoke to them this morning about. I announced on a couple of the other pods. But they have a live final over there, Jeff, and everyone loves these live finals. Uh, you've won a couple secondary live finals on yes. you know, one or two sites that don't even exist anymore, right? <laughs> it's right. And they, probably, they probably fucking went bankrupt because they said, if this motherfucker's winning, we need to just shut this shit down. Exactly. If, but, if I'm fucking winning live finals on other sites, then the fuck, <laughs> it's time to fucking close up shop. But that $250,000 check came in pretty handy. <laughs> it, it, it cast the same, right? The green was sure the same. Sure did. And Money here was, was the green. beauty. When you did it. I yeah. yelled at you. You remember yes. this because we yes, were, you were 14, 14 weeks in. I don't even remember what side it was. It's rare I make Tommy G jealous at anything, but this is one I had him, I, and he was yeah. jealous. And, he and you made yourself a bad friend, and I'll explain that why. Oh, but shit. on that site, they were overlaying all their cues because right. no one's oh, – they're yeah. all trying to play on DraftKings. So they're smaller cues with like 200 people, like the fantasydraft.com one is 300 people, and they overlay every week. Yeah. And the first place prize in a live final is a hundred grand. You know, like it's a great live final. It's a half million dollar championship. I think there's only like fucking fifty people that go there too. It's not one of these absorbent ones that have. They like, have rake free contests at Fantasy Draft, like rake free and like one percent rake. Like they barely take anything. You're, you compare that to ten percent to fifteen percent, twenty percent in 20% some of these, twenty percent in some of the GPPs. Twenty-two. Yes. I mean, guys, that's the thing is, like, you're, you're winning more money when you win. You're keeping some more of that over fantasy draft. So it makes a lot of sense. If you're getting smoked out at the bigger sites, man, don't, don't be ashamed of fantasy draft. Pretty good. Like I always say, that money cashes, bros. Right. And, and I'm going to be playing the cues over there. I've been. And one of the things they're doing for us, for our subs, is if you go over and make a first-time deposit at fantasy draft and use promo code GURUELITE, G-U-R-E-L-I-T-E, they're going to give you – an entrance into a free roll, and that free roll is going to pay out five, the top five places in that free free roll are going to win a $200 qualifier ticket for next week. Yeah. So you actually are going to get, basically, if you win the free roll for free, you got a $200 value that you could play in the queue next week, which is only a few hundred people. Um, but that's something you guys need to check out over there. So go to fantasydraft.com, promo code Guru Elite. We appreciate the guys over there doing that for us. Absolutely. Yeah your podcast but please use the it's promo ours. code guru elite g-u-r-u-e-l-i-t-e what did i say g-u-r-e-l-i-t-e i know Gur-elite. i don't have to check the tape i don't agree with you Gurley is girly the pirate <laughs> For our southern customers you can leave off the other vowel we understand we don't go to girly we're going to Gurley, my own. Go ahead over to girly hey, got some cow. Cow. They're rate free contest <laughs> 
<laughs> break free over there, man. I love them boys, the girl eat. The, the girl eats or tell me about them, them fantasy drafts. I'm a play Todd Girl Lee, Girl Eat. Shit, I reckon that, that Todd Girl Lee is that Girl Eat. <laughs> so, uh, so get over there and check that out. But uh, yeah, so at running back, it's going to be Uber Chalk and Gurley. And then you're going to see that whole crew, that James Conner crew, that Kareem Hunt crew. I don't know how owned Saquon's going to be um, just because he's so close on DraftKings to Gurley. So that is something that, that I'm very interested in over there. Um, we'll dive down deeper as we get closer to Sunday on exactly where I end up. I haven't even built a lineup yet because I don't like doing that before. I get to do my uh, my little two-hour show with Jeffrey Mansville on Guru Elite. <laughs> on Guru Elite. But, uh, but yeah, th- how about Carry On? Carry On still 5,300. What the fuck is that? Dude rushed for like 350,000 yards last week. Yeah, um, I like Carry On Johnson. Not, he's not on my radar this week. It's nothing... You know, he's a guy like he's still Reddick's out. He's he's solid. Thing about Kieran Johnson and Tommy, how how vindicated, by the way, am I for my Jordan Howard call two weeks ago? Because the next two teams that played the Dolphins, smash. Oh no, smash, I meant to smash, say smash, that. I smash, meant to say smash. that. Yeah, dude, forget that. Forget you. You always circle back to Jordan Howard. Okay, fuck Jordan Howard. All right, we're gonna argue about this for the rest of eternity. Yep. I'm going to give you credit on your preseason call. Yes. Uh, that the Miami Dolphins were a rundy that we need to target. And I don't trust many people, but I do trust this albino ape. And, and we did it the first couple weeks, and I kept attacking him. And I was like, fuck, everything he's saying makes sense. I don't know why we're not seeing results here. Got some bad matchups. The Miami Dolphins have given up like 600-something rushing yards in the last three weeks. So Sir Jeffrey of Mansville, you called that before the season started. It didn't cash for us early on. Nope. But, wow, are we back on that train. If you watched the game last night, Lamar Miller looked like a fucking pro bowler all of a sudden. Um, you were dead it, on with that. It just took a few weeks to, to get to normalize. It drives me absolutely out of my mind, too. And you're, you're 100% right. Said it before the season. Wrote it up in the, the, uh, the draft guide and said it. You know, Titans week you one. You were all in on it. I was all in for, like, four weeks. And then I went to the Bears. And the Bears, I'm like, okay, the Bears played them last year. They know they're, you know. New England exposed them two weeks before that. They like, know, like, there's no way not to know. And then they come out and don't do it. And that, that honestly, it's like I didn't use carry on last week, not because I didn't believe in it. I had it in the write up. I still, I couldn't do it because I'm like, coaches evident, evidently either I'm just wrong somehow, or coaches are, are refusing retarded. to do it. And now they do it, and I still don't trust. I'm a victim. Uh-huh. I even like we we keep going on. I see like the Colts and Packers and Jets all playing them, and I'm. I'm like, oh, I, I just can't. Because it's scary. I'm scared to do it because I fucking peep. I don't trust the coaches, and that's a bad situation to be in. But appreciate you giving me credit on that because that. I'm that proud was a of great that call. call. That was an epic call, man. That was an epic call, and you stood on the fucking, you stood on your fucking soapbox and kept calling it right. and kept calling it. And then what happens is we gave up on it. Because we basically said, you know, because I was with you. I, I did not it was come Jordan up with Howard this. week, Tom. Remember? Yeah, I remember. I said, Fuck I it. Know. I'm just I'm done. I can't. And do that this goes anymore. to my point that it's just Jordan Howard who sucks. <laughs> but, maybe, maybe, yeah. Well, I don't discount that. No, ever. I don't know. But but I mean, Tariq Cohen had a decent week that week. I mean, it was, you know, they still got picked on. But I mean, of course, we went at it with Tennessee with the wrong back. Week one, and then the Jets rushed for 42 yards on him, and that's when I was like, wait a minute. The Jets yeah, have no. a pretty strong running game. And then Oakland came out and barely cracked 100 yards on him, and then we were like, all right, maybe maybe it's time to jump off this. And then 175, 168, 248, 190, and uh, it, just, it just fell wrong. So good call on that. 
Um, but carry on. I have the same stance that I'm going to have every single week on carry on that I don't like running backs who are going to be giving 10 carries to a goal line back on their same team and don't catch a ton of passes. Now, last week, everyone's like, look at what he did. Take away the 70-yard run. All right? Now, I know you can't take away a 70-yard run. I get it, but they're fluky. Everyone will admit that 70-yard plays are fluky, especially for guys like that. If you take away that run, he was 18 carries for 80 yards, two catches for 20 yards, no touchdowns. That's not breaking anyone's back. I think that's his normal line. I think the touchdowns are going to be very frustrating. As I told you last week, LeGarrette Blunt was going to score, and LeGarrette Blunt scored. So it's still frustrating, but 5,300 becomes very tempting uh, over there. We might see some value pop up, become chalk with guys like Isaiah Crowell, um, even Cannon on that same team. You're probably going to see a lot of Lindsey love in that shootout over there versus Kansas City. Um, Mostert might even get a little love. Nick oh. Chubb's still 4,700. So there's a lot of Jalen Richard over there now against Indianapolis. Philip a, Lindsay. Lindsay. Lindsay, I just mentioned. So, you know, there's a lot to love. I mean, Chris Carson against Detroit. Detroit's yes. a terrible run. There's a lot to love at running back, and these decisions are going to be really hard. Definitely. Take, I like take on, all the names you said. Everybody yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's going to be something. David Did you Johnson, say Marlon Mack, by the way? Against I didn't even mention Marlon Mack. No, because he's, Marlon he's Mack almost 6K. That's why, because he's kind of in that no man's land for me. And, and he's questionable this week, which means Jordan Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins rushed six times for 48 yards last week. Everybody's talking about how well Marlon Mack has done. And I love Marlon Mack. I stuck with him. But and they're going to smash this week against the Raiders. One of those two. In a way. I kind of hope Mac doesn't play. We can get Wilkins for fucking nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. see, that's what I like because if we can go get Wilkins at thirty four hundred against a team that's tanking, because that's what's money. happening. Oakland is tanking. The then I'm with it. But fifty eight hundred for a timeshare back starts to get to that level that I'm not. I'm not as 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 high on it. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get over to wide receivers, by the way, I want to talk about David Johnson real quick. Uh, obviously, we know about the Byron Leftwich experiment. Yes. Leftwich has talked about how he's basically been blowing Arians for the last two years and sucking his dick and sitting next to him. And I think he even said he slept next to him at times. Weird. But, uh, I mean, this is the week, right? I mean, this is literally the ninth week in a row or eighth week in a row. I have not played David Johnson once all year, and I have won all seven of those battles. I'm 7-0, and basically, in David Johnson discussions with the world. But this is the week where you have a new coordinator – you have a new system. You have a San Francisco defense. You have a 6700 price tag. I mean, I was trying to trade for him all week, and I hate him. So is this the week, Jeff? Yes, this is a good week for David Johnson. I like him a lot. Um, mostly, there's only so much you can do with how well he's going to do on the ground. There's only it's it's just It's the, still the same line. I think people are forgetting that, right? Line, it's same it's line. The same guy. It's the same type of situation. So it's not great, but the matchup is better this week against San Francisco. But what we really are looking for is more catches out of the backfield. Right. More using him more along, as a pass catcher, you splitting him out wide in situations even if they use Chase Edmonds instead of taking DJ off the field, putting him in. Those things that Bruce Arians did that Leftwich is saying he's going to do, and this is a scenario in which his price is finally deflated enough that we can get on, and there's built there's some built-in value with upside should he catch a lot of those uh, balls on the backfield. Right, that's what you're needing. So I mean, you're, I still have no confidence in him being able to rush for a ton of yards. 
Um, right. But it's can we see him more in the slot? Can we see him being used um, in more creative ways? Can maybe we run him outside the tackles? Maybe try that. See see what happens there. But um, what about Reuben Foster? Do we know if he's playing or not yet? I know he left last week. I don't have a full report here. I don't know if you have it in front of you there, Jeff. But uh, that's going to depend a lot for me because that's a totally different defense if Reuben Foster is in, kind of like Sean Lee for, for Dallas. So the amount of DJ I'm going to have is really going to depend on how much uh, – whether Reuben Foster is playing or not. And right now I'm not seeing anything 100% certain on what's going on with him. Yeah, I will have to check on that. We don't have to extend. Yeah, to we that. won't. We won't go. Yeah. We'll go into that on our show in an hour. Um, so before we go to wide receiver, uh, let's have some fun. So let's do some fun. fuck Mary kills. Here we go. Oh, so we're gonna start off. What did I do with those fuck Mary kills? Where were they, Jeff? I just somewhere. there. We are. Here we go. I got them. Okay. So we're gonna do fuck Mary kills. We're gonna get political as oh. the uh, the the elections are coming up. So we're gonna get a little political here. I'm gonna give you. Three Republicans and three okay. Democrats. We're actually going to get to fuck women this time. Oh, good. Thank so God. So this is good. Yep. So no, if I have to butt fuck Joe Biden, we have a problem. Yeah, no anal sure play here. So we're going to go straight with women. I'm going to start with the, with the conservative women. We're going to go Megyn Kelly, oh, yeah. Ann Coulter, oh, and oh. Sarah Palin. Oh, fuck, Mary kill. Megyn Kelly. God. She is. There's not a lot of women that could pull off the short hair. She's getting and worse looking, though. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, well, you get older. Sorry, ladies, that's just what happens. Like, I think she's getting too much work why, done, honestly. It might be, but still, fucking. But man, this is a tough one. I'll say this: Is there anything? I'm almost God. I can't believe I'm about to say the word. I cannot believe what I'm about to say here. <laughs> I really, I truly cannot. Is there anything? Any feeling ever more powerful than Ann Coulter sucking your dick? <laughs> like, honestly, like, think about, like, that would be The power, amazing. like, the empowerment of, like. Oh, my God. That would be the most amazing thing ever. Like, oh, my God. That would be fantastic. Like, that's just a po- such a power move. Do you hate Ann Coulter? Oh, despise Ann Coulter. Oh, <laughs> the fucking worst. But that's what makes it so great. Yeah, it's great. You know, she does not into it. You know, the whole. Yeah, it's, it's, she's it's angry. Funny. She's like, ah, women's rights. Like, if you've gotten to that point in your your life with that Ann Coulter's stupid lips are wrapped around your dick, that's the one of the best things you're ever. That is feel. pretty empowering. You're swaying me here. So Good do you have God, do you have a final amazing. stance? I'm. man. I'm gonna. I th- I think you're fucking Ann Coulter. I don't want to marry any of them. Yeah, I'm fucking all. I'll. I don't want to marry any of these. That's that's what that's why I picked the names. I'm gonna F Ann Coulter. I will marry Megan Kelly. I'm getting rid of Sarah Palin. Just I'm marrying I'm marrying Sarah Palin. Okay, I'm marrying why? Sarah Palin. Something about her has just been so fucking sexy to me. Really, I don't, dude. Her whole career. Maybe? I mean, who's the uh, who is it that she looks like? Who's the SNL girl that she Tina looks Fey. like? Tina Fey, right? So I love Tina Fey. I and then Lisa that. Ann did the nail and palin. So it's like you're not just looking at you're not just looking at yeah, you're man. not just looking at Sarah Palin. I'm thinking like Tina Fey, Lisa Ann. So I'm I'm picture obviously we've all seen Nail and Palin with Lisa Ann. So I'm sitting here going, you know what? I just have this vision of her being like a little bit of a freak in the bed, and she's already got like forty seven children, I think. So she'd probably make a good mom. She's a little bit older than the other two, and she's a little more pro being a housewife. Even though she's an independent woman, the other two I could see being like, 
I'm not cleaning that up. I'm not making you dinner. I'm a woman, you know? So uh-huh. I don't want to marry that. I'm marrying Palin, hands down, not even a question. So you just don't want to get married because that's what marriage is. Well, I mean, part of my marriage involves like being kind of like a maid slash servant. So, right. That's essentially yeah, you that's just like the only reason I would do it serve. to know I could have like dinners cooked and, you know, I'll pay the shit and you clean the shit, you know? Right. So so I think Palin would be the best at that. As far as fucking, it used to be Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly's just annoying me lately. I think I'm going to side with you on the I just want to bang Ann Coulter just to bang Ann Coulter. Oh, it'd be amazing. Megyn Kelly's hotter. But it's just that just to bang Ann Coulter. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go that amazing. I'm going to have to cut you, Megyn Kelly. I I don't like what she did leaving, you know, Fox and going over to fucking MSNBC or whatever. So uh, she was all pro Republican and then started beating on Trump. She just seems a little lost. She seems a little too about Megyn Kelly. So we're oh, kill, you you see you, you're her. too into the uh, political side of well, it. Well, you know, yeah, that's the thing. I have political yeah. leans, so there's a difference. I don't. I think Megyn Kelly's a little bit of a traitor, so I could see her being a cheater. So she's out. Democrats, okay. all right. The left. This, okay. Uh, it was tough to find a hot one because there's not many hot chicks on oh, the left. Uh, I, I was gonna put don't Rachel Maddow. I was if gonna we put start Rachel getting Maddow. Into the MSNBC chicks. I'm out. I'm gonna. Cut <laughs> I was gonna put America. Rachel Maddow in here for you. No, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. We're gonna go Alyssa Milano. All right, yeah. she's heavy left leaning and she's hot. Samantha B, she's not very hot, what? but she's like the comedian the on Comedy Central. What? Samantha B has like a whole show. She's like the female Don Lemon. Like her whole show is just bashing Trump forever. And then Amy Schumer, who okay. was going to leave the country if Trump won and never did. Alyssa Milano, Samantha B, oh, Amy Schumer. I'm marrying Alyssa Milano, and the the nine. I just high five the nine year old me. Like I'm just like yes, dude, fuck yeah. I know. Dude, I don't care what. She could believe in Bigfoot. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Go watch Poison Ivy 2 and tell me you don't have uh, yeah. a scoop of that Alyssa Milano. Like, scoop. man. Just oh, no quite. That's an easy one. God damn. Um, you're going to be surprised at mine. I know you're going to do something to Samantha B. I don't like Samantha B. I, there's not, I don't find her funny. At least Amy Schumer's kind of dirty. She'll let you put it anywhere. You could, like, mm-hmm. you do it. So I'll yeah. fuck Amy Schumer. She's okay. I'm fine with that. I'll marry Melissa Milano. That's easy. Samantha B, nothing. Zero. Yeah, Samantha Out. B. We're killing Samantha B. That's not oh, even a question. Okay. Samantha B shouldn't even be existing. Um, okay. So now it comes down to Alyssa How, Milano. You're Italian, and, dude. How do you? Uh, no, no. Here, let, hear me out. Okay. And again, this, this stems towards my political leans a little bit. Uh, but Alyssa Milano was my first childhood crush. I wrote too. Alyssa Milano a note. And thought it got sent to her that my mom pretended. You know when your parents used to pretend to send them a note, like, and then you'd get no, something. My parents back. showed no interest to in me. Oh well, my mom did. My dad didn't. But uh, so I've been obsessed with Alyssa Milano my whole life. But she was almost killed. If Samantha B wasn't in this list, Alyssa Milano would have died. Really? She is so fucking annoyingly me yeah. too now. So and bad. annoyingly, I can't marry that. Why? I know. I, dude, dude, who cares about this? Spending you, you the next 40 years with a feminist is literally the thing that scares me the most in the world. Uh-huh. Like, there's nothing I hate more than feminists. Dude, again, I'm just going to point to Poison Ivy 2 where her tits are Yes, all over the no, screen. 100%. And that's what why I'm fucking her. Is that? That's, that's why I'm fucking her. That's why I'm fucking Which she's not okay. that girl anymore. Now she's like, she, she used to. Th- that's my favorite thing. Alyssa Milano's been naked in every movie and on every magazine her whole life. And now at fucking 40, all of a sudden you're, women shouldn't be sexualized and women shouldn't be. Shut up. The only reason anyone knows you to listen to you 
It's because you hoard yourself out for 20 years. Like now all of a and sudden who's it's the boss. Yeah, come on. Dude, you don't use sex your whole life to get a platform and then on that platform start talking about how we need No, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck. No one would even know who you were if you did, if you weren't a fucking smoking hot piece of ish when you were younger. So, um, as hot as she still is, I'm going to bang her and and that's okay. going to be my uh, Ann Coulter type fuck where it's like I'm going to straighten her out. And then Amy Schumer, I'm going to marry. Wow. You know, her weight fluctuates a little too much. I wouldn't be too proud to be walking in with with Amy Schumer. I don't think she's hot, but she is one of the few female comedians I do think is funny. Um, She does. I've seen her stand ups and she is funny. I think I could drink a beer. with. I think I could spend the rest of my life drinking beer, just getting drunk with Amy Schumer at night and fucking she'll let you put it in her ass. She'll probably let you have a threesome. You know, she's, she's yeah, exactly. So, so I could do that. Like, you know, I'll I'll suffer with the with the weight fluctuations. So I'm I'm a married weight Schumer. fluctuation guy. Yeah, yeah, I like some dude. chunk, man. I really yeah, do. but you know, I'm more of the trophy guy. You know, I know you're you're so I'm into a, it. I'm a trophy dude. You gotta, guy. I'm a trophy. You got to get into the real world. I, I, I didn't stay single for this long to not end up with a trophy wife. Come on, uh, yeah, no, my wife is going to be a ten, man. or else I'm not doing it. Let's get to wide receiver. So. The wide I receiver. Thought we just did. <laughs> yeah. Amy Schumer. Professional <laughs> joke, everybody. There we go. <laughs> that was very good, Jeffrey. Very nice. wide receiver. So the uh, the chalk at wide receiver, I think, is going to be a little more balanced. Do you see one guy that's going to jump off the page and be like 30 40% owned? Because I don't. I do not, no. I mean, there's, there's situations like A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, going to be very how that ownership goes with those two I'm intrigued by same right, because we want Antonio to pick on and Juju Smith Schuster mm-hmm. um, on that side of things. So I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be heavily owned because they refuse to up his price anything ever either. So those are the guys that, um, yeah, those are guys I think that more people are going to be on than less. Mm-hmm. Devonte Adams, of course, Robert um, Woods. You'll see, you'll see. Yeah, a good Woods deal. is Woods, getting up there in Cooks. price though, a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, it depends how much girly. I think the people who don't go girly are going to end up going with the Goff Woods Cook type situation there. Oh no, the same people they'll use girly too because they're fucking idiots. But right, and they'll still be those complete fucktards who just use Josh Reynolds every week just because they don't. How much did we win that last week? Fucking Josh Reynolds crowd all Uh, um, the time. Yeah, I'm so so sick of people. And the thing is, is it drives me, and I can't wait next week when we have more time. I remind me to get into these fucktards in the fantasy industry that constantly uh, the revisionist history is mind blowing. Like that, you'll talk to those same people four days ago. They said, oh, "I love Josh Reynolds, his Spark X scores," and then now they're like, oh, "I didn't like him." Like, right. dude, we fucking had the conversation. You can't just erase. You can erase Twitter, but we still remember it. When yep. you said it to me, I know what you did. Yep. It's and I'm at, I'm in a battle right now with these James Conner fuckheads. Oh, you didn't know everybody liked James Conner. No, they didn't because I sat there and I lived the fucking life. I saw it. I was in leagues with them. They didn't. You can't now say you liked it. It doesn't fucking work that way. It's so annoying, Jeff. Joe Flacco. Everyone's like Flacco last week. He was like chalk, and I'm like, wait a minute. Right. In the preseason, I'm the one who fucking told all you guys and 100%. stood on my. Everyone was talking about Lamar Jackson taking over and starting week one. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yep. And I'm telling you, Flacco's going to be the quarterback all year, and he's going to be fantasy viable and top 15 passer. And it's like no credit for that. And I now told everyone's everyone, like, oh, no, Joe Flacco's always been Yeah, quality. Joe Wait, Flacco's what? always viable just, for cash. People are talking Flacco and cash. Well, it's just a matchup. No, Phillip Rivers was screaming, why does no one draft Phillip Rivers as a QB1? Like all this stuff that we say in the preseason that comes through, I told everyone to avoid DJ. We all, me and you had like 10, 20 of these. And I don't mind not getting the credit for them. Right, Leonard and other Fournette. people just sweep it under the rug. But they then when people fucking banana. act like they're discovering this week eight, and they're like, they want credit for discovering something we discovered eight weeks ago, that's what fucking drives me insane. And, and the thing is, with seasonal, I can, like, I'm in this battle right now on Twitter about it, about James Conner. And I'm like, he's like, well, other sites had it too. No, they didn't. Because <laughs> why? I'm in 12 industry drafts. 12. How many? I have eight shares of James Conner. Why? I could tell you all the people, and I don't have Le'Veon Bell in one of those. Up. Not yeah. one. So tell me which of these other side. They love James Conner so much. They drafted Bell and didn't handcuff by the 10th round. That means you didn't like him, period, end of all motherfucking discussion. Well, you actually won this debate before that. D'Angelo Williams? You won this debate four years ago. Where I still thought you were losing, and I'll admit that I only now will give you the W on what I believe to be insane. I still don't give you think you're 100% right, but I think your point was right. I think you strayed from your point a little bit. Your point that was that it doesn't matter what fucking running back you put in Pittsburgh. They're going to produce like Le'Veon Bell. Exactly. And then D'Angelo Williams did it, and we were like, eh, that was probably one year, whatever. Bell came back with a B. But you're proving it right now with James Conner. Unless they've just had three generational talents all on their team back-to-back, one of which that was 34 years old. The same. But, the reason is I saw it with Mike Shanahan, Orlando Scary, yeah. Mike Anderson, Tatum Remember Bell, Denver Ruben running backs? Jones. Dude, it just yep. – when you get a good system, running backs produce. Yep. Remember People the Denver running backs? Running backs are just like, oh, my God, they're just going to show up and fucking be gods. No, it doesn't work that way. Priest Holmes was a fullback in Baltimore, was one of the best – Ever see three consecutive of the greatest seasons of all time in Kansas City? How does that work? He couldn't even play running back in Baltimore, and yep. he became one of the greatest ever in Kansas City in one year. Get the yep. fuck out. Yep. I mean, you look at even something simple that we spoke about earlier. If you look at Trubisky under John Fox, he was a fucking wasteland, and all of a sudden you bring well, in an Andy Reid disciple who's getting a little more creative, and all of a sudden Trubisky's like the top three fantasy quarterback. You know, like Todd you know. Gurley. Yeah, Todd Gurley good. two years ago. Oh, I liked him. No, he, why did he? Why was he a third round pick then? Assholes. Yep. Because Jeff Fisher sucked. Yep. He sucked, and now Todd Gurley's a god again. Yep. Don't now act Todd like the system the doesn't matter. Team. It almost ruined everybody's hero. Yep. People forget that Todd Gurley in 2016 rushed for 885 yards and six touchdowns. Garbage. Right now, through seven weeks, he's got almost 700 yards and 11 touchdowns rushing. Last year, he had 1,313. You know, there's a reason why all of a sudden, Jared matter. Goff, everyone was like, who's taking Jared Goff yep. that early? All of a sudden, he's a star. Cooks has been a star in every system he's been in, basically, just for the fact that he's been playing with guys that know how to use him. We talk about this all the time. Has there been a player in the whole NFL that has had better coaching luck than Brandon Cooks? Right? No. Like We talk about this all the fucking time. Look at Robert Woods. You know, who the yeah. fuck wanted anything with Robert Woods? This guy was a fucking 500-yard season guy in Buffalo. All of a sudden, he comes to the Rams, and he's a fucking 8K DraftKings play. Like, <laughs> you know, come on. Not much changed here. 
You know, it's it's a system the same game. Human being, yeah. In better situations. That's what Stick it's all about. your spark scores up your fucking ass. Because yes. if you take that guy with that spark store and stick him with Fisher or Fox or one of those fucking guys or Hugh Jackson, they're going to fall apart. You stick them with McVay or Peterson or Reed or Belichick, they're going to thrive. Spark score means nothing. Nothing. Anyway, Agreed. back to it. Um, other receivers here, if you're going on the cheap, Martavis Bryant, Jordy Nelson. Any interest here? I mean, we have no Amari Cooper there, so people are going to see you know, open snaps available, open targets available. Uh, Cooper actually was starting to, to actually become fantasy relevant again out of nowhere. Um, but... That's really was just one week for me. I mean, against the Chargers, he had one target. But yeah. what do you think about this situation over there with Carr and Jordy and Martavis? Any interest at dirt cheap? Yeah, I like Martavis. The Colts secondary doesn't have any speed. Uh, Pierre Desir, you remember him? Remember my Haitian cornerback? Yes. Last year? Oh, God, please don't do that again. Pierre Desir. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> about him. Well, that's who's lining up against Bryant. Him and Nate Harrison. Nate Harrison was one of the slowest cornerbacks in the National Football League. And Martavis Bryant against him is going to be like freaking, you know, Bo Jackson on Tech Mobile. Just, mm. like, just faster than every other person. So I, I could see Martavis Bryant having a monster game. I, I love him at this low price. I really, what's he at? Uh, 53 and 3,700, respectively, FanDuel versus DraftKings. Fuck, 3,700 for Martavis Bryant. Yes, please. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, some other really cheap guys, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, if we're a believer in left. I like which, Fitzgerald. If we're a believer in left, which, I mean, it can't you know? just be David Johnson. You know, they haven't been doing anything right over there. So I probably personally am not going to give up, even if these guys all flop this week. I didn't. I don't think Josh Rosen's that bad, honestly. I mean, I don't, I don't think either. he's good, but I think he's got upside, at least from the preseason. He looked very good. Um, but I think there's upside there. I think he was just dealing with a complete fucking shit show. Coaches so, matter. Coaches matter, said. as we just said. So I'm not necessarily even giving up if they suck this week because I believe they have a bye next week. And given Leftwich two full weeks in there with mm -hmm. the team, uh, I don't think this Arizona team is dead yet uh, on any level. But, I mean, it, this is the week where you're getting cheap DJ, cheap Kirk, cheap Fitzgerald, cheap Rosen. It's a good matchup against Arizona. They'll be in the game most of the time. At least they should. This is a week where I don't mind taking a shot on on anyone on Arizona, but Fitz at 4,400 is, is pretty insane. I love it as well. And by the way, do you want my guarantee of the week, Tommy G? Oh, yes. Let's give your weird call of the week. This one's not – I don't know if this is going to be weird to you or not. You have not mentioned him yet, so mm -hmm. I think it is a little weird. My guarantee for week number eight is – Seahawks receiver Doug Baldwin scores 16-plus fantasy points against the Lions. Mark it down. Put it on tape. Dougie B back in his house. Love him this week, Tommy. Interesting. Wow. Interesting, Mr. Mans. That doesn't scare you going back to fucking Doug Baldwin. Not even a little bit. Uh, game, you know, started showing Last week flashes. he showed signs. Two, two weeks ago in London. Had two weeks off. Russell Wilson, by the way, I have numbers in the cash game breakdown over at GuruLeet.com. I'm not going to uh, let you guys have to go there and subscribe. I have numbers on what Russell Wilson does after the buy. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's, I'll just say this, 27.3 fantasy points per game in six years after the buy. Really fucking electric. Really good numbers. Last year he threw for 334 and three touchdowns after the buy. 
He is healthy. Hamstring's healed up. Doug Baldwin's foot is better. He is all healed up. He's got the worst, based on my own personal wide receiver cornerback metric, that I started back in week three when I uncovered Calvin Ridley and Taylor Gabriel. My metrics say Tez Tabor is the worst cornerback in the National Football League right now. He's only started since Jamal Agnew went down two weeks ago, but he's been in fucking sieve. 113 quarterback rating against. He has allowed uh, two touchdowns in two weeks as well. This guy's terrible, and I anticipate this game being pretty competitive and Russell Wilson coming back, the Seattle offense moving against Detroit. Dougie B's back, baby, and I'm, I'm all in fucking Doug Baldwin at this price point. Get him while he's low, folks, because he'll be 7K soon. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. See, and, and I like a lot of things about this because, one, he's starting to turn it around. He came into the season saying – that he was in a situation where he was going to be 80, 85% the whole year. So not only is he turning it around, but the bye week is helping him with health. Finally, right. a week to fucking rest and relax and fucking heal up after he started to show signs. That's that's tremendous, right? Like, that's exactly what you're looking for. So that was something that I wasn't on the radar for. Believe it or not, nice. I played him on my one of my main teams. Uh, not one of my main teams. Like, my fourth lineup, I did the Wilson-Baldwin combination on that last week and I was okay with it but it wasn't enough to really make me any money but I am going to give a weird call this week I don't know how weird it is it's not on the main slate it's the Patriots Chris Hogan who 3900 Chris Hogan I believe this week is going to get in the box a lot of people are sitting there oh Chris Chris Hogan hasn't scored a touchdown since week two okay and everyone's talking about Josh Gordon but I have been the biggest fan of Tredavious White in the entire world. And I think Tredavious White is going to be on Josh Gordon a ton. I think he's going to shadow him. And I think it's going to open up opportunities for the rest of the Patriots' weapons. And Gronk may play. I still don't he's feel like... He's even, Yeah, even if he plays, I don't feel like he's fine. I don't feel like he's fine when he was playing before. Tommy, it's the Buffalo game. I know, you know I can't, I can't do it, though. That, no, you have to. I, it's in Buffalo, those numbers, no. I'm pretty sure. It, those no, numbers no 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 oh, no it is buffalo. in buffalo fuck yeah you know I can't it. Do it you I, know it i know i know We've i, I just don't want to do it. it yeah we I have play to gronk do it. you in cannot fade gronkowski on the full slate you can't i'm telling you guys you can put that even Tommy. you play it it's on me i will take all responsibility for rob gronkowski this week i'm so sure the narrative i am positive they sat him down last week just so he can play in Buffalo. I'm <laughs> certain of it. I'm positive. There was no reason to sit him down. This, is, this guy fucking loves to play in Buffalo. He does. He destroys the Bills I'm in gonna, Buffalo. 11 uh, targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns. 11, 9, 147, 0. 7, 5, 109, 1. 13, 7, 113, 1. 9, 7, 94. 11, 5, 104, 1. 10, 8, 108, 2. 7, 4, 54-2. That's his career in Buffalo. It's, he averages like over 100 yards a game there. And a touchdown. Every yeah. game in Buffalo. <sighs> I just don't know if I could bank on I'm still going Hogan. Hogan gets in the box it's this fine, week for the first time yeah. since week two. Um, 3,900, so play that. Let's talk about this New Orleans-Minnesota game, which is Sunday night. So that'll be viable for people who aren't playing the main slate. Um, on Fantasy Draft, as we spoke about earlier, it is on that slate. So. Yes. Um, this Minnesota-New Orleans game is a game that should be fucking fireworks. I want every piece of this thing from every angle. Yes, me too. You caught me. Mid- I did that yeah. as you were drinking. Yeah, that's my fault. That's great, too. I needed water after that freaking Yeah, that was a good, a good little rant there. I'm getting all pumped up. This is a great game. Um, it's a matter of 
Minnesota's tough against the, the run. And New Orleans wants to run the ball. Ingram and Kamara. This is one of those weeks where I'm like, eee. Ingram and Kamara, they're going to be contrarian, but I don't, I don't love Ingram this week. I, Kamara will make his due because the, he'll catch the ball a lot more. So I'm fine with it. But I think this is a Drew Brees week. And especially the more competitive it is, the more mm-hmm. back and forth it is, um, the more you, you know, you're going to see more Drew Brees. Michael Thomas needs to get the fuck back. Xavier Rhodes is questionable going into this game as well. Remember that playoff game last year? Where they expose yep. Xavier yep, Rhodes. Yep, yep. Drew Brees is gonna throw right at Xavier Rhodes, not scared at all. I don't give a fuck, yeah. Yeah, so don't get all worried about Michael Thomas and think, oh, Rhodes is gonna calm down. I like this. You know, Traquan Smith, very, very intriguing to me as well. I like the passing games more than the running games. Yeah, I love the fact that uh Minnesota isn't gonna have Dalvin Cook. I hate it for my seasonal leagues, but I do like that fact because they're gonna be forced to throw a ton more. Uh, one of the things about Adam Thielen, who is definitely oh, things Tommy G invented at this point, so like good. for fucking two years, I've played him every Even single I day. Even I have come around. Yeah, everyone should be around on my boy by now. The funny thing is, here's here's the reverse racism here. Everyone's afraid to say he's the best receiver in football right now. Have you noticed that? You won't hear one person say it anywhere that he's the best receiver in football because you'll sound racist. It'll sound like you're saying oh. it because he's white. Like, that's my theory oh, on I'm it. I'm saying he's not because he's white. He is the best receiver in the NFL. Get over it. I don't Deal know. with it. Deal with it. He is. And not because he's white, not best for anything else. He is yet. the best fantasy receiver and yes. the best receiver. No. DeAndre Hopkins, I'll put up there with him because DeAndre Hopkins is incredible, his hands and his ability. But believe Brown it or not, it's not Antonio Brown. It's not Julio Jones. It's DeAndre Hopkins or Adam Thielen. Antonio over Thielen. But the big thing, the big Antonio thing. Antonio doesn't have to play. In oh, the slot. system, system, system. There you go. You can go right back to system. Yeah. Sure. I mean, Antonio Brown's system. That's what I think. So kind of. Yeah. With, with Adam Thielen, he's done it with fucking Case Keenum. He's doing it with Kirk Cousins. But he's doing it in the slot. All right, you right. Gotta say, I know it's, it's it is okay, a little easier out of the slot, right? I don't give a shit. But I'm I'm saying. If somebody were to – let's say your team – let's say the Jets went out and signed Adam Thielen to a big mega contract, right? And now they got to play him outside because they're paying – so he's got to face those top corners. He, he wet his pants at the end of last year against top corners. They moved him outside, and he got busted down. So that's why they, they're keeping him inside, and he's dominating the inside. And this is the greatest matchup you're going to see all year. Exactly. Versus P.J. Williams slash Ken Crowley oh, against Adam Thielen. He's going to fucking demolish – it's going to be – and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing people are just not realizing. Mm-hmm. He's in the, they know he's in the middle of a 100-yard streak. They don't yeah. realize how important that is to the quarterback player and team to yeah. keep that going. They beat yep. the Jets by like 25 last week or something and, and made still sure. made sure to get yep. him that last catch yeah. to get over 100 yards. So he's getting 100 yards. Mm-hmm. They're going, it's, this is not the matchup that it's going to stop. So you're a lock for 100 yards on Adam Thielen this week. Um, what about some tight ends here? What are we looking at at tight end position real quick? We'll get out of here in a, in a minute or two. But tight end position, I think we're going to see a nice little mix of Uzoma and Unjoku. People are jumping on my Tampa Bay bandwagon that I discovered in week two and my Pitt bandwagon I discovered in week two that I just targeted them with tight ends. Unfortunately, again, the Joker and Uzoma uh, basically get the two best matchups for, for tight ends. Ladies and gentlemen, I've done a lot of boasting today, a lot of telling you how great I am today. I've told you a lot of good things that I was right about today. Now let me tell you something I've been horrifically terrible <laughs> at today, and that is all season long, 
projecting tight ends. It's not that I'm not getting the right situations. It's me personally picking the right tight end has been a bloodbath all season long. So I corrected something last week, and this is important for what we talked about earlier. I paid up for tight end. I had to go Zach Ertz last week simply because I can't allow myself to keep picking. Like, I am wrong on Njoku every week. I'm wrong on Jordan Reed. I'm wrong on – I'm fucking mixing and matching the O.J. Howard. I can't continue to do this shit and fucking do it. So for me, Tommy G, it's Travis Kelsey and there's nobody else in contention. Not that Njoku isn't fantastic. Not that O.J. Howard isn't good. I like Jordan Reed's spot. Giants suck guarding the tight end too. That's great. I'm fading Gurley and getting – you know, Barkley or whoever, specifically so I can get Travis Kelsey against the Broncos and just fucking lock it down. At least I know I'm going to get that fucking 2X value. That's the fucking bare minimum I could do. I have to pay up just because I, I've been bad at pick and settling on my one tight end every week. And I, I have had the cheat code. I've tried to hand it to you every single week, and Stop. you just won't take it. Who? Any tight end versus Tampa. I've given I've it to you. Before. It's every single week, no matter who the fuck it is. Zach Ertz lit them up 13 targets, 10 for 94 well, in week Zach two. Ertz. But that's Zach Ertz, mm-hmm. right? That's what everyone said. That's Zach Ertz. So we got to kind of throw that out because Zach Ertz is just a freak of nature. And I noticed it in week one when Ben Watson went four for 44, but he was open a lot of that game and had a couple penalties called on him where he should have been like seven for 80 in that game. Anyone who watched it closely. So if you look at the Bucs, Zach Ertz lit him on fire. I played Zach Ertz. I paid up that week. Then I had, remember my Trey Burton week when I went all in Trey Burton, played him on every single team. Who yep. was he playing? He was playing he Tampa Bay for 86 game. yards. They didn't throw the ball after the second quarter because they were up by fucking 40 points. But in two, a in a quarter and a half, he ended at two for 86 and one. Then the following week, I went with a guy who I despise. Despise. I will never play Austin Hooper. I think Austin Hooper is the worst DFS play because he's just the place everyone goes to just go get a punt tight end. And he sucks more often than he's good, at least in his career, right? Austin Hooper lit him on fire. And then last week, where who did they play last week? Browns, Najoku. And Njoku was a fantastic tight end play. So I'm going right back to the same fucking thing. They're going to give up a touchdown. Uzoma's cheap, and that's what's going to happen. It's just he's going to hit value, and he's your cash game tight end. In tournaments, he's going to be very popular because I think people are catching on to this. But Uzoma is going to go 5 for 55 and a touchdown this week. The The problem with this theory is it's his worked. Not going to deny that. It's, but you also can make the same exact case with every wide receiver against Tampa Bay. Well, that's that's Tampa true. Tampa Bay ranks last against that's wide receivers, true. quarterbacks, tight ends, and it's the chicken or the egg. Is it the tight ends because of it, or is it just their their bleeding points to everybody? It, that can that case could be made. I like Azoma a lot. No, it's true though. But I mean, why but, not go there with your punt tight end? If you're going to punt because, tight end, why not take it against the worst pass defense because, in the history of the NFL? Because outside of Ertz, nobody has gone – What has anybody gone 3X? Nobody's gone cr- – yeah, they all went 3X. Yeah. But no one and went crazy. Yeah, but they were all crazy. 3K. They were all $3,500 guys. My reasoning last week when I, when I broke it down and when Gronkowski was out, it was a matter of like, well, goddamn, 
Ertz is so much better. His baseline is, is oh like, yeah, of course, is what everybody. And I think I feel the exact same with Travis Kelsey. If you take away Kelsey's game one where he caught one pass, which was just a fucking anomaly, we could say at this point, Kelsey's averaging over twenty points a game at sixty eight hundred. I mean, you're looking at almost three x return, almost um, right off the bat, or you are over three x return. Come to think of it, so I mean that's that's the, I think you're so much ahead of the pack. At the tight end position compared to yeah, if you go against Tampa Bay, and what worries me about Uzoma is he's just lack of targets, lack of receptions. I believe in it. I think it absolutely can happen. He can catch a touchdown, but a touchdown and three catches still doesn't sniff the air of Ertz, Kelsey, any of these top guys. I pray for you. I hope you're right. I don't think you're. I, but I've you're, been trying. Yeah, I've been long. trying to do this all year, and I've just had to cut the cord. And when that when I'm struggling in a position. I have to just throw salary at it. It's like, you know, fucking, you know, your wife or girlfriend bitching at you. That, All right, I'll buy you a ring. Like, do you whatever. remember? Do you remember everyone was giving up on Trey Burton after week three? Oh, yeah, I remember. Your everyone was done. Him. Everyone was giving up on him. They're like, Trey Burton's a four for 30 guy. And he catches a 47 yard touchdown on the first drive of the game against Tampa. It's just they're that bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're that bad. They're that bad. No, they, they are that bad. I am not discounting. The Zuma pick or Tampa Bay or any of that. I just look at it from a standpoint where taking on that much risk at tight end when I've been just invariably bad. Oh, I get it. I, I like your philosophy. I just can't keep doing it. And I've used the Tampa. I can't remember exactly the one. I did not use Burton that week. Um, I can't, I've used the, the guy against Tampa. And whatever it was, it was okay. You might have used two. Uh, maybe it was week one. I don't fucking remember who they played. Was Atlanta? You might have used one? the Joku last week. I did lose. Uh, no, I paid up for Ertz. Oh, okay. Last week. Yeah. But, I like I mean, the Joker a lot. I've used the Joker a lot. And then I use him every week. <laughs> I, I, did, I have been, and it's just like, and we actually called that the touchdown run that he's been on, which is, I think, mm-hmm. two or three in a row yep. at this point. But, um, yeah, I just, I just can't go back there. It's just been a, a terrible shortcoming for me. So I, I've just been paying up. I'm surprised you don't just play Ebron every week. It seems like a, it's like a Jeff Mann's play. I did. Oh, I did that in the beginning. And now Ebron's a fucking disaster. And Jack Doyle's back this week, by the yeah, way. So yeah. between injuries and Jack Doyle, and I'm yeah. off of it. Yeah, no, with Jack Doyle back, I have no interest anymore. Definitely. Um, what about defenses this week? Have you got that deep? Good luck. Into the defenses. I mean, it's... good luck. See you, everybody. Have a good show. I, I don't... <laughs> I'm telling you, in open air America, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Bears. But I mean, that's that's they're too expensive on fucking right. can- on drafting. I think it's going to be the Steelers. The Steelers everywhere. I think is what people are going to do, just because everyone watched Baker Mayfield get sacked every single time he dropped back. Because my brother says it all the time. The bod. He's like, dude, the Cleveland Browns destroy red zone. He's like, because they're in overtime every week and it goes the full length of the overtime that at the four o'clock games, you're still watching the fucking Browns game nonstop. So it's like, I think everyone's just watching Baker Mayfield get sacked every single time he drops back. So Steelers are cheap. They're 2300. Everyone's just going to punt there. Um, I think that I think they're them and the Bengals are going to be the chalk this week. But I mean, listen, you're never going to get me off the Ravens. You're never yeah, going to get no, me off the Ravens under 3K. Yeah. 2,800 for the Ravens against Carolina is not bad at all. I, I yeah. don't mind that as well. I mean, they're best defense right now in almost every statistical category, and you're not paying 3K for them? Yeah, why not? And it's Cam a safety Newton. move. And Just plug the Cam hole Newton. and move on with your life. Yeah. that's always- The problem is if one of these defenses pop off, we're all fucked, by the way, unless you have it. Like, this is the week where I've done extensive defensive research 
and just nothing. There's like, okay, this is kind of good. The defense I like the most is the Patriots mm-hmm. <laughs> against yeah. the Bills, but they're fucking not on the main they're slate, the so main we're kind of fucked. I mean, right. I, oh, the Redskins also. I don't mind the Redskins. I know I'm, I like Saquon, but that's all I like. The right side of the Giants line and Eli Manning is a tire fire. And there's always that risk with Josh Norman covering Odell Beckham that they're getting a slap fight and they both get ejected or some shit like that. So <laughs> you could take Odell Beckham out of it. The Redskins defense has been solid. They're 2,700 on DK. I don't mind the Redskins here as well. And, I yes, very rarely do I do this, but I'll, I'll use Saquon against them. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. Um, probably not going to go there as much, but I don't, I don't hate that call at all. Let's do this. Obviously, we we failed to get it under an hour, as was yes. definitely expected, and we got 15 minutes before our other show. So I'm going to give you rapid fire here. Okay, these are non DFS topics here. Give me just your quick quick thoughts on these things. Amari Cooper to the Cowboys for a first round pick. Uh, terrible play for the Cowboys. Terrible. Josh Gordon's a fifth round pick. Amari Cooper first. No fucking way. No fucking way. Terrible, terrible fucking decision there. Um, Carlos Hyde to the Jaguars. Laughable. Good luck with all that. Um, opens up the door for Nick Chubb. Do you know. need Do you need Carlos Hyde, Leonard Fournette, and TJ Yeldon? <laughs> like, Honestly, seems, you seems do. Like a lot. I you guess need you them all. Fournette. If you If you're invested there, you have to go all the way in. It sucks. And Jacksonville's a tire fire. Get out of the Jacksonville business if at all possible. Yeah, uh, Devontae Parker is he real? What we saw last night. No, because the coaches hate him and only used out of necessity. Until he starts practicing, he's not going to get that much run on the field. They'll bring in a receiver, start him over Parker for as long as Parker won't practice, which he hasn't since the University of Louisville. He doesn't practice. And Le'Veon Bell? Not going to play this year. I don't. Or He might report back and get some salary. There's no way the Steelers play him. He needed to do it during the bye week, and the fact he didn't, there's just no chance. There's no reason now, unless James Conner gets injured, that Le'Veon Bell will play. They'll deactivate him. Mm-hmm. LeSean McCoy? Doesn't want to play football. Is don't fuck, guys get going the anywhere? fuck out of LeSean McCoy. Does he play? I, I don't know. You should not play him. You shouldn't have him. I honestly would cut him. Like it, The guy doesn't want to play. Period. We keep saying it's it. It's the end of all discussion. And what happens with the Raiders? Are they officially tanking? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like they're trying to lose. Absolutely. I yes. agree. More, I, said, I said you can actually go as far as to take the Colts and Survivor this week. If you use – because really, if you look at the Vegas lines, um, I use Houston. Our subs used Houston. I put Houston yeah. in there. So they're already clean. We got through this week already. But if you look at the Vegas lines for this week from a Survivor pool perspective, it is not pretty because you're basically sitting on there with a bunch of teams that are like 8- to 10-point favorites, but they're all the teams that most people have probably used through the first seven weeks. You know, you probably use the Steelers. You probably use the Chiefs. Um, the Bears, I think, is a trap game. You probably use yeah. the Rams, and you probably use the Patriots. I didn't because I play more aggressive, but the average layperson probably used all those teams. And then every other spread is like three points. So I think if you're going to have to play one of those three-point spread games, I think it's the Colts minus three versus the Raiders because I think the Raiders are trying to lose. Philadelphia. Flip, flip, flip-a-delphia. Love Philadelphia. It's not in Jacksonville. It's in London. I know. Blake Bortles has played well in London. Fluke, 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 (laughs) fluke, fluke. Bye-bye, Blake Bortles. Yes. So Philly minus three is the road road favorite I like the most. Technical road favorite, even though it's not really. It's neutral site. Yeah. So any final words here, Mr. Mans? We got to go do another show right now. Welcome to NFL Now. Oh, shit. That's (laughs) What up? Let's get weird. Yes. 
Fat guys. Uh, that's it. Good luck, everybody. Week 8. Pay up at tight end if you've been sucking like me. Otherwise, use Tommy's philosophy, but don't fuck it up. Fade girly. Peace. <laughs> Fade girly. <laughs> For Jeff Mans, I am Tommy G. Good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers. Hey, Ann Coulter. How are you? Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no mercy.